Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I am very excited about the teaching today. And for those of you who don't know, whenever I attend service on Sunday, whatever is being preached and taught, I am so eager and so excited to take my notes. And when I get home, I type them up. I add in the scripture that we were discussing, and I am so excited to carve out time throughout my week to record that via this podcast and share it with you. It's something that I really enjoy, and it's something that I feel led to do by the Holy Spirit. We also have Friday prayer, which also includes an exhortation, so more learning. Oftentimes, I'm able to combine both exhortations, but I do believe that I have not recorded this one yet. I also know in the last podcast, I said that this was going to close up the teaching of righteousness. However, I cannot do that unless I release this word to you as well, because it is so, so good, and I'm excited to share it with you today. We're going to be talking about the just living by faith today, and we're also going to dive deeper into the righteousness of God and learning the character of of God. So I first want to take you to Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. 17, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. I've heard the term faith to faith before, and I never understood it until recently, so I'm excited to share that with you. But this verse supports that righteousness is not automatic on the day you are saved. If you take away anything from our study on righteousness, what you should know by now is that righteousness is not automatic on the day you are saved. The gospel is not just John 3.16, which many in the world who don't even go to church can recite. The righteousness of God is exposed and revealed and shown to us with no cover. For in the teachings and principles, in the instructions, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Okay, so faith to faith, from one location to another. This is talking about different levels of faith. This is why a true born-again Christian does not remain the same. Because they are going from faith to faith. The word says the just shall live by faith. So let me explain. We hear the word, right? We believe the word. And by faith, we live out the word in our lives. So each time we hear something new, we believe it and faith increases. So I believe it. Every time I hear a new word, I believe it because it's the word of God right? I'm confirming that for myself. I'm, I'm looking in the Bible. I'm making sense of it thanks to the Holy Spirit, right? I believe it. And because I believe it, I live it out by faith and my faith increases. The way I live increases in righteousness. So my faith grows and grows, right? From faith to faith, from one level of faith to another level of faith. So the righteousness of God is revealed from one level of faith to another level of faith. Okay, you following? 
then you grow more at that level so that you can reach another level. You understand? So from faith to faith, the born again shall without a doubt live by faith. Can you imagine a professing Christian hearing the word, right? The truth, but continues to live in sin. You know, James says, if we know the right thing to do and not do it, it's a sin. So if we learn that we are to turn away from something or something in our character doesn't line up, we need to change to not make steps to become more righteous based on the thing that we heard is a sin. If we hear the truth and ignore it, it's a sin. It's not those who hear the word that are saved. You must love the truth, right? You must be doers, not just hearers of the truth. So how do you know when a person loves the truth? He or she will live it. You're going to live it. I'm going to live it. He or she is going to want to hear more, right? You're going to be hungry for more truth. Why? Because you want to be right. You want to please God. Seekers of the word and his righteousness, the word says, and that's Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So seeking is an action, right? How can you seek the kingdom of God? Read the word. Through what you learn, you're going to experience God, but you're also going to experience truth. And in implementing it into your life, living it out in your life, you become righteous. That's seeking his righteousness. You want to be righteous like God. And all these things shall be added unto you. What are these things? The promises of God, right? So followers of Jesus seek the truth and they love the truth. Can you imagine pastors wouldn't need to check in on their congregations to see if they are seeking if the church is born again? Because the Holy Spirit's going to lead them to seek. They're going to be hungry to do that anyway. The congregation will reach out to the pastor to discuss the truth and ask questions because they are seeking and digging for more and more. So when you're hungry and you're saved and you're seeking, you're going to bring it to your pastor rather than your pastor having to, to check your understanding. Today, the world lives according to a false truth. Professing believers today need to turn away from that false truth so that they can live in the real truth. If you have the Holy Spirit, wouldn't a person be convicted to move on from one circumstance, right? To move on from the sin that they're currently in. That's not pleasing to God. The Holy Spirit will lead you to do that. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts. He wants you to be right. Those who are saved cannot tolerate the wrong when it's revealed to them and they immediately begin to move away from the wrong. That's the Holy Spirit in us that allows that. Remember Paul? Paul was living under the law at one point and the law cannot save us. All the law can do is tell us that we are wrong, that we sin. The law creates hypocrites. Why? When do you become a hypocrite? You become a hypocrite when you do something you don't want to do that you're not fully in sync with. Your heart and your actions don't match. If those components do not line up, it's no good. If we want to serve God with strength, but we do not agree in our heart, we are practicing hypocrisy. You are acting out of your own will, but your will must align with the will of God. If your will and God's will don't align, hypocrisy. So if you go to church, but you don't really want to be there, hypocrisy. A person can follow the truth of the law, but their heart could not want to follow it. That's hypocrisy. It's like the speed limit. So we follow the law by driving 30 miles per hour, but you want to go fast. 
you begin to reason with yourself why you should drive faster, right? And now you're upset that you have to only go 30 miles per hour, but you obey it, but you want to go 45 instead. That's no good. This is why the law alone does not save you. You must live it out with all of your heart, mind, and strength, okay? Do you also remember the leaven of the Pharisees? It's hypocrisy. That is the leaven. So the Pharisees are going to hell. Okay, that's what God shares over and over again in the Bible. The Pharisees were religious. They only lived by the law and they were going to hell. Likewise, those who only live by the law today with their own power, they're not saved. The born again submit to the law without heartache. Why? Because they love it. We groan to be led to more truth. So groan, when I say groan, I mean we earnestly desire, we long for it. You know, Paul, he was awakened as soon as he received the Holy Spirit. When Paul understood what was right, he could no longer stand to live in his current circumstance of sin. Unrighteousness. Right? So he became a truth lover to live a pleasing life by the Holy Spirit so he could be righteous. We clothe ourselves with the righteousness of the Lord to spread his teachings. We sew our clothes. Remember talking about this? We sew our religious garment. This is the armor that the Lord speaks about, the one that we need to be successful, to be victorious in the war, the spiritual war today. Right? This is what we've been talking about, the breastplate of righteousness. We produce it ourselves. God does not give it to us. And we produce it more and more from teaching to teaching, by faith to faith, to continue to grow from one level to the next. Do you do this by your own power? No, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the Lord's teachings. On the day the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are filled and empowered to live the correct life. As we live, we sew our garments from faith to faith and our righteousness of God through us grows. That's what we want. And that's only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation 16, it says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and may see his shame. Blessed is he who keeps his garments, it says, who watches. Okay, the one who is making sure his garment is there, who is constantly examining their heart. That's what that means. He who is on guard lest he walk naked. Then what? Well, if we walk naked, our shame is revealed. So what do we do? We watch our garment. We sew it and it grows and grows and we make sure we're covered by ensuring that we are aligned with the will of God and what he teaches us. It says in Revelation 16, 15, which we just read, that he's coming as a thief. How do you know that the thief came? The valuables are gone, right? There's evidence of that. The thief is going to take what's valuable to them. Jesus is coming and taking all that matters to him. But those who are rejected, those who did not decide and commit, who embrace teachings that are foolish and lies, they're left behind. And I didn't say that. Jesus says that. People today know that they are receiving a lie and they like it because it makes them feel good. But the people need to get out of the lie. People would much rather stay in the position that says, I'm doing enough. Well, my pastor says I'm doing enough. No, it's you that's too serious. That's the easy way out. And it's not even a way out. 
It's a lie. It's foolishness. Revelation is warning that we must come out of religion because religion is going to destroy you. Right? We talked about Babylon recently. It's going to be destroyed. By who? Jesus. Get into the Lord Jesus Christ and serve him truly. Jesus says it is difficult to reach him. He said difficult is the way of life and only few shall find it. So I encourage you, do not fail to watch and be on guard with your garment. We must always be sure we are sowing and sowing and learning and learning and hearing and believing and doing. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. You can do it. I can do it with him. From faith to faith, we abide in the teachings of Christ. Did you know that Jesus did not become righteous on earth because he is God? So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the character of God, the righteousness of God himself. Did you know that Jesus did not become righteous on earth because he is God? Today, there are people telling us who they think we are. The truth is, our position in God is not who people tell us who we are. It's not even what you think you are or what you feel you are. Nothing matters until we prove that we are by the power of the Holy Spirit. And please note today, our calling is not our current position. And I'll say it again, our calling is not our current position. Moving in the, the position that God wants for you is our destiny. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he helps a person get into that calling, but it's not automatic. So your job title is not who you are now, not what you were called to be or what you were being groomed to be. You get a new title when you acquire it, when you achieve it, right? Even in the workplace, that's a good example. You are not your supervisor until you're promoted to supervisor, until you've displayed the qualities that say you can handle that. You've earned it. But through hard work and the grace of God, you do receive a new position through him. We must display that we are righteous today. And Jesus became the righteousness of God, not because he was righteous in heaven, but because he lived righteously on earth. Revelation 19, I'm going to read verses 7 and 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So in heaven, all things are right. It's perfect. All is righteous in heaven. It's normal to be righteous in heaven. You and I ought to be living in the Holy Spirit to qualify to enter heaven. So what I mean is we need to qualify now so that we can be qualified to enter heaven when we die or when we're caught up, right? Because we cannot enter heaven the way that we are. Jesus will give us the garment to enter heaven. Now, I'm not talking about the garment that we have to make, but Jesus is going to clothe us with an incorruptible body. So if we have that garment to present to him, look what I made, Jesus. He then presents us with the eternal garment to enter heaven. When his righteousness is fulfilled in me here on earth and in you here on earth, okay? The garment is what will allow us to enter the kingdom of heaven. We will not have any garment until we live righteously. I need it and you need it, that earthly garment of righteousness. Why? Because when we sew our own garments, we can qualify to enter heaven. No one on earth who does not possess the garment will qualify to enter heaven. You need it. 
It is our choice to follow God and be ready when Jesus comes. Anything unrighteous is automatically cast out of heaven. It's not allowed. Jesus himself created his own clothing of righteousness while he was on earth. So everything that we've been talking about, sow your garment, live it out in your life, Jesus did it. He's the perfect example. Jesus came to earth and turned away from sin and temptation. He showed us that he created his garment first. Praise God, isn't he fair? Before he even told someone else to sew their garment, he completed his. Isn't that a good God? There was one act of righteousness that I want to zoom in on and share in this lesson, and that's going to be in John chapter 2, verses 13 to 16. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand in this verse, and Jesus went to the temple, and he saw those selling in the temple. And we're going to read how Jesus overturned tables, saying, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And what I want you to remember as we read this is righteousness is not being kind how the world thinks kindness is. Righteousness is not being quiet, hands folded in your lap. What Jesus saw occurring in the temple wasn't right, so Jesus turned it upside down, and he revealed his anger, and that was righteous anger. It was the right thing to do. And before we read this, I want to ask you, are you this way? Do we guard the holiness in the house of the Lord? Do we allow personal business to occur in the sanctuary? Do you speak up when you see it? Followers care about our Father's business, and we want to preserve the holiness all the time. Even if we find filthiness in our own mind, we go to God and we ask him to cleanse us, right? That's how we ought to be. Why? Because Jesus is righteous and fair. The God we serve who did the work is asking us to do the same with us and God together. All things are possible. And together with God, we can live right just like Jesus lived right on earth. Again, he was the perfect example. So the righteousness of God in us, living in us by the power, we can sew our clothes just like Jesus did. We arise by the power of the Holy Spirit to uphold the standards of holiness of God. The righteousness of God in us is for a purpose. We uphold the holiness of God, right? That's how we can be righteous, not just in us, but even the things around us. When we have that, we become a revolutionary of Jesus. If you are in God, you are a revolutionary for Jesus. It's a revolution of Jesus' people for this world. We have to do the work of Jesus. So I want to zoom in in John chapter 2, 13 and 16 with everything we just discussed in mind. Let's read about the righteous act of Jesus displayed in this passage. Starting in verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. So at this time, these animals are for the offerings to God. That's what we need to understand. That's why they're here. And God drove them out and said, take these things away. Who is his father's house? So Jesus says, do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. So Jesus is referring to the temple. He's at the temple. Is the father there? No, but it means this is the house we use to do the things my father wants us to do. What's that? Praying, worshiping, ministering. This is the place we meet because we have an appointment with God. It's a holy place. The church building, the temple, is the Father's house. 
so the house better be respected, right? And we see here how Jesus overturned everything. Get out. Get out. And when you think about it, people, when they were coming to make a sacrifice to the Lord, they were even omitting thoughts from themselves or omitting effort because they could just show up at the temple, have some money, buy their animal. They don't know anything about this animal or how it was raised. There's money changers there because there's people from different nations there. Everything was right there, making it so easy, doing business at the temple. So the temple of God better be respected. Are we like this? Are you like the Lord? What is the purpose of life if we are not living for the Lord and our character is like the Lord? We must actually be living like Jesus. So what do you do? Some today that claim to live for Jesus, they push his teachings to the side. When we know the truth in Jesus and it's not taught, this is a violation of his holiness. It's an abomination. Throughout the world, there are partial teachings and sugar-coated teachings, and it truly is an abomination. Teaching below the standard of God is an abomination, and Jesus hates this. And today he is sad and angry at this going on in the world. When Jesus was angry, he was still righteous. This was righteous character and anger. Righteousness does not mean, again, you are nice and respectful all the time. It doesn't mean you curtsy and your hands are folded in your lap. That's what people pleasers do. It's an abomination. You can be angry and show your anger, but be wise. Through the Holy Spirit, it's important to be right than nice and timid all the time. Followers don't allow the Father's house to be defiled. Jesus' righteous character manifests in the story that we just read. And if you are a child of God, you should have felt the same as Jesus did because it's natural. You would feel the same anger. And we can see how the religious leaders in the temple were blind to this treatment of buying and selling in the temple. That's the Father's house. Yet they allowed it. They thought, no, the people did need to properly raise their animal. They allowed shortcuts. They were saying, don't worry, it's okay. You can buy and sacrifice there and exchange your money there. That's foolishness. This is blind leading. If you're a blind leader, you cannot see the problems. You can only produce blind followers. And these blind followers will also not see the problem. Jesus taught us that you can only be as good as your teacher. If your teacher is blind, then you are also blind. And that is the best that you can ever be. This is confirmed in Matthew chapter 15, verses 12 to 14. Then his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he, Jesus, the Lord, answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Okay, so who plants? The father. The father is the one who draws the people to his son, Jesus. The father plants us. Verse 14, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. So Jesus confirms that the blind is leading the blind. How will the followers see? They can't. If the blind leads the blind, they will both fall into a ditch. What's the ditch? Hell. God is saying there is no excuse. You are both falling into the ditch. What does Jesus mean? Both of you will end up in hell. Is it clear? Whose responsibility is it to know that someone is blind? The leadership. You cannot ignore your leader. For example, I'm accountable to my pastor, right? My leader. We don't skate alone. We associate ourselves with someone. We have a leader. We have a pastor. So our leader better not be blind. So you pray to the Lord and have him reveal the errors so that you can make a change. 
Don't you get angry when you see the blind leading the blind? I do. Don't you experience the same anger Jesus felt? Those blind teachers don't have any excuse. And the blind congregation will not have an excuse. They will fall into a ditch. So I want to encourage you to take the teachings of Jesus seriously, to spread the gospel, be excited to learn from faith to faith, to get those spiritual promotions. Seek it out and find out what is acceptable to God so that you and I, all of us, so that we can have the righteousness of God produced in us by God through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is so important today. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.